My name's Pastor Kimmy, if I haven't met you in person, and uh, I'm excited about the word that God has for us today, and I know I say that every time, but I really mean it this time, because, you know, I didn't mean it those other times. Yeah, I did. I just love getting into God's word, and I feel like he has just a relevant message for us today. And so I wanted to start out with a story. Uh, Lauren Backstrom, lots of you will know that name. He's a wonderful man. He's been a part of our church congregation. He and his wife, Doris, faithful servants of Christ, faithful servants of Jesus. And uh, my husband, Dwayne, and I, we've been blessed to have them in our connect group. And just a couple of weeks ago, we were studying Abide and talking, you know, about how God talks to us. And Lauren shared this story that he said I could have permission to share with you. We were talking about God speaking to us, and he was saying in his work, he, he was an electrician, he's retired now, But in his work, he would go into environments where the electricity was down and it needed to be fixed, like now, right? Like super stressful. A lot of people were depending on him, like get this fixed now. And so he'd kind of start to think like, oh, what should I do? What should I do? Should I I do this? Or should I do this? Or what should I do? Should I do that? You know, and people were like running around and running around. It was like chaos, right? Everybody's wondering like, what should they do? And then he said to the Lord, Lord, would you help me? And God said to Lauren, start here. Just start here. Just start with this one step, this one solution that I'm putting in front of you. Lauren didn't see the whole pathway. He didn't know exactly where he was going or the end, but just start here. I want you to say, start here. here. And if you're at home, please engage in this. Say, start here. You can even type it in the chat. Start here. See, that's what God wants us to do, is he wants us just to start here. We don't know the end. Well, we do, because we know Jesus will be victorious. But he's like, just start here. I just want to open in prayer. Thank you so much, Heavenly Father. We just honor you as we dig into your word. I pray for a a, a connection for every single one of us, that there would be a personal rhema word in your scripture today as we study. And I I pray that there would be a transformation in our heart and our mind and our soul as we connect to you. We ask that you transform us. In your son's name, we pray, amen. Well, I know that God still speaks today today. You could not convince me that, that, that's, that that's not true. Like, I know God speaks because he speaks to me all the time, right? But I think for a really long time, I didn't hear God speaking. Was he speaking? Yes. But I didn't hear him because I had expectations as to what I thought God was supposed to sound like, right? I had boxed God into my way of thinking, okay, if you're going to communicate, it has to be like one of these three ways. And if you don't, then it's probably not God, right? Like I had really kind of narrowed him into this expectation of the way he would speak to me. And here's one thing I know about God. He is so 
trustworthy, he is faithful, he is truth, but he's also a bit unpredictable. When I think that we're going to zig, he ends up zagging. When I think we're going to go this way, we often go that way. And it's the same with how he speaks to us. Sometimes I think, oh God, you need to speak to me this way, because this is how I think it should go. And God's like, oh Kimmy, I think I know a little better than you do, and I'm going to speak to you this way. But are your eyes going to be open to see and to hear the way that I want to speak to you? You see, this isn't a new thing that we struggle in hearing the, the voice of God. It says in Job 33:14. For God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it, right? How often have we not recognized the voice of God? How often have we not noticed that he was communicating something to us, maybe through something different or unique? And in our Abide Bible study, we've been learning that God speaks to us in a whole ton of different ways, right? He speaks through scripture, through other people, through angels, audible voice, still small voice, unique phenomena, and dreams and visions. And today we're going to talk about dreams and visions. And I'm so excited about this because I know God speaks to us through dreams and visions. And it's not something just from Bible times, uh, although it was, it was written down that there are over 200 occurrences in the Bible of dreams and visions. So this isn't something crazy that I just made up, okay? This isn't like crazy Kimmy, off she goes again, dreams and visions. No, no, no. God gave us this standard, this example in his word over 200 times. This is how he spoke, was through dreams and visions. So we're going to take a look at one dream in particular that God had given, and uh, it starts out with this sweet couple, and their names were Isaac and Rebecca. All right. Oh, Rebecca, you're a little messed up there. All right. Isaac and Rebecca, and this sweet couple, they're like in love. And they get pregnant and they have babies. Well, they don't just have one, they have two. And they have two sons whose names are Jacob and Esau. Okay, say Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau. Now, these two boys, these twin brothers, they don't get along very well. Right from, right from birth, these two have not gotten along with each other. And all the way through adult adult adulthood, they are in conflict with one another. They just don't seem to get along. They don't have a lot in common. You see, um, Esau likes to be outside and hunt and, and, and to, you know, be in the outdoors. And Jacob, he, he likes, you know, these sparkly kind of fancy clothes and, and to be inside and, and kind of live a quiet life, right? Well, these two are often in conflict, and Jacob is a slippery little slug, and he does some really nasty things, and he ends up taking the birthright of poor Esau. He steals it from under him and tricks him, and he's, he's kind of a nasty guy. And so, rightly so, Esau's like, I'm going to kill you. And Jacob's like, I'm going to run for my life. And so Isaac, the dad, is like, okay, Jacob, here's what you're going to do. You are going to go and get yourself a wife. 
and you're going to go to a different land where your brother's not there and he can't kill you, and you're going to go, and then you're going to get yourself a wife, and then, you know, hopefully 24 hours will pass and your brother won't be mad at you anymore and he won't want to kill you, right? This is basically what happens. Well, Jacob does leave the family home that was very comfortable, and he heads out on this journey. He decides, yeah, I need to listen to my dad, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to go on this adventure. And so he leaves the security of his home. Now, what I want you to notice is that in Genesis 28, that's where our story is, but even prior, I looked And this is the first time that God has had a personal encounter with Jacob, okay? With Jacob. Now, Jacob grew up in this environment with his dad, Isaac, right? Isaac. Now, Isaac heard from God. And it says in Genesis 25, the Lord answered. So God spoke to Isaac, God appeared to Isaac and gave him instruction to stay and then great promises of blessing in Genesis 26. The Lord blessed him financially in Genesis 26. The Lord appeared to Isaac saying, don't fear, but again, he was going to be blessed with numerous descendants. You see, Isaac had a relationship with God where God spoke to Isaac. So, understandably, For Jacob, this was the environment that he grew up in. He knew that God would speak to to his family. This was just a part of his heritage. This was a part of, of life. And yet, there's no written down example of God speaking directly to Jacob until this first opportunity. So what happens is in Genesis 28, verse 10, Jacob reaches his destination for the evening and he decides that he's going to find a stone and to sleep on it. And this must be a boy thing because seriously, if us girls were there, we would have been like, you know, get some branches and, you know, take some dirt and make a pillow. But no, Jacob takes a stone and he uses a stone as a pillow and he falls asleep and he has this incredible dream that night in Genesis 28, 12. As he slept... So as Jacob is sleeping on a rock, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from earth up to heaven. And he saw angels of God going up and down the stairway. And at the top of the stairway stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are laying on belongs to you, and I'm giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions, from the west to the east, the north to the south, and all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. And what's more, I am with you, the The Lord says, I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised to you. Like this is a mind-blowing, overwhelming, God-drenched dream. Like this is fantastic. The promises and the blessing that God has packed into this dream with Jacob. And what I want us to also note 
is that Jacob responded. And I'm going to paraphrase uh, the rest of the scripture, the passage there. Basically what happens is that Jacob's response is like, dude, like, can you believe it? Like, God just spoke to me in a dream. Like, dude, this is so exciting. And so the city, the little place where he was, was called Luz, which meant almond tree. And he's like, no, 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 that's just not good enough. We're going to change it to Bethel, house of God. That's what it meant. You see, Jacob responded in action. God spoke, Jacob responded. And Jacob also makes a vow, a commitment, that if God will be with me, I will be with him. And so God spoke, and Jacob responded. And there's so much more in this dream that I would love to, like, spend hours and hours going over with you. So, like, one day I'll get permission to do that, and we can, you know, go over it for hours. But my goal today, the reason why I wanted to show you this little tiny piece of this dream, was that I wanted you to be inspired. If you have never had a dream or a vision from the Lord, there's a first time for everything. Just like Jacob had never had a dream or a vision from the Lord, he now encounters God in this way. And, it, and it's, it's inspiring because God spoke to Jacob and God wants to speak to you as well through dreams and through visions. He wants to speak to you through a whole ton of different ways. Today, I'm just focusing on those two. You see, just as Jacob responded... God wants us to respond. And so if you do have a dream or a vision, what do you do with it? Like, what, what do you do? Well, I have a few little pointers for you uh, to help you if you do have a dream or vision. The first thing is to test it to be sure it's God speaking by testing it with Scripture, okay? So if God is speaking to you in a dream, it will not have a message that's contrary to the Bible, it will not. See, now for Jacob, he had this dream, and the Lord was affirming promises that had already been made to Abraham and Isaac, right? And we know the family dynamic. We know that Jacob would have known those promises, so there was nothing in that dream that was contrary to what God had already spoken over this family. And so he could trust it. He could know that this was from God. It was an affirmation. You see, the word of the Lord remains forever, and the words of God are trustworthy, and true and unchanging and relevant, and they are the standard to which we compare our, our visions and dreams to. And if it contradicts Scripture, then you must cast that dream and vision out. Then it is not from the Lord. Just discard it. Let it go. The second thing that you can do is test the dream or vision in prayer. If you have a dream or a vision that you feel is from the Lord, then go back to the Lord and ask him for more information. Ask him for clarification. It says in Jeremiah 33, 3, ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets that you do not know, right? He's like, just come back. Just ask me. And so often I've had a dream or a vision and I've gone to a friend and I'm like, hey, could you help me understand this before I go to God? You see, I need to go to God first. And for the longest time, I used to think that it was bad to ask God questions. I used to think that it was some kind of blasphemy or it was like, you know, um, kind of doubting his character and his integrity if I asked God a question. 
But then as I got to know the Lord more and more, I realized it's a conversation that he wants to have with me. If there's a detail that I notice and I'm curious, he wants to breathe life into my curiosity that I would be in a relationship with him where I could ask him questions safely and securely. Now, here's part of asking those questions. We do it by inviting Jesus Christ into that environment, right? We know that the enemy is prowling around trying to trick us and deceive us. We know that. And so we invite Jesus always into those conversations, right? We read in the New Testament that when Jesus was there, the demons had to leave. And it's the same then as it is now. If you invite Jesus into that space, he will show you the truth and the truth will set you free. So invite him in because we want to know the truth if this vision or dream is from God. The third thing to test a dream or vision is to do it in community with other godly believers. And this just happened to me this week. It was so cool. Someone from the church came in and shared with Pastor Greg and I on Tuesday something that, that they had been feeling for the church, this incredible picture. And uh, I, was, I was inspired and encouraged, but I was also convicted. Like I felt like there was an action to it. There was something that I needed to do, but I just couldn't figure out what that was. And so spend some more time just thinking about it. Then on Thursday, I was in listening prayer for my mentoring sessions and felt like, well, I know that God gave me the rest of that dream. Like that, that word was confirmed in a vision, in a word that I got from the Lord. And so I felt like I had the other piece, the other part of it, because I'm in community with other believers. You see, in Proverbs 26, verse 24, verse 6, it says, So don't go to war without wise guidance. Victory depends on having many advisors. We need each other to speak into visions and dreams and words to confirm that they are from God. You see, the reason that God speaks to us is that he has a message there's a purpose behind this. He's not going to give you a dream or a vision just for the fun of it. For the longest time, I just thought I was really imaginative. I just thought I was really creative, and I was just like dreaming up all this stuff in my head. And then I realized God was giving me a message. God was saying something to me, and I started to put a framework and a context around the vision and the dream. And I started to realize that I'm not that weird. And I, I know you're going to laugh because you're like, actually, you are really weird and you are really crazy. And I, I'm okay with that. But that this is normal heavenly language. That God wants to speak to me and he wants to speak to you through visions and dreams. So there's a few suggestions on what to do if you have a vision or a dream, how to test it, scripture, God, community. 
But what if we've never had a vision or a dream? Well, the first thing I want to say is that you are not less spiritual than somebody who has had God speak to them through that form, okay? If you believe that, you need to grab that and cast that out as a lie, because that is a lie. God speaks to us in all different ways, right? We can't box him in to our form of communication. We need to, like, Get rid of that box and just let him speak to us. So don't think you're less spiritual if you haven't had a vision or a dream. God loves you and he wants to speak to you. He wants to more than you want to speak to him. So pursue him and don't give up. So if you do want God to talk to you, what are some things? Like, are there some things that you could do to create an environment of God speaking? And I believe that there are, actually. And the first one is to create an environment of faith, okay? So Jacob grew up hearing about his family talking to God and God talking to them. There was an environment of faith. So if you have kids... Encourage them to talk to God and to listen for God to talk to them. We create environments of faith in our families. The other thing that Jacob did that was, that was so significant is that I think that he was in this humble place. And I know in my own life that I create environments of faith when I come to God and I repent and I am humble before him when I ask him for forgiveness, right? When I create an environment where I'm pressing into God, where I'm being intentional to, to set aside time for my devotions. Here's the thing, and, and I try not to use the word never a lot, although I do use the word never sometimes, which is, you know, anyways. But never will I wake up on a, a morning and, and think, I just have uh, no problem. I, I'm just going to be able to just, you know, go through my day. I just don't need to connect with God today. It's just going to all be okay. And by the end of the day, I'm going to have grown in God. Like, that's never going to happen. If I want to grow in God, if I want to know his character, then I have to intentionally set aside time to do that. It doesn't just happen. An hour doesn't just show up miraculously from, you know, 1 to 2 p.m. And all of a sudden, you know, there's angels in my office. It's just not going to happen. We have to be intentional. We have to set aside that time. We have to make it a priority. We have to be like, no, 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 no. There's all this other stuff that's distracting me. But that's going to be my number one priority. Because then I'm creating an environment for faith to grow. I'm creating an environment like a greenhouse where faith can grow. The other thing I think we need to do is create an expectancy for the unusual. So we're going to look at just one piece of Jacob's dream to understand this, and it's from Genesis 28, verse 12. It says, the staircase resting on the earth. And I love this because it's kind of unusual, it's kind of a different picture, isn't it, right? A staircase resting on the earth that goes to heaven. It's kind of different. And, and, and what I connected that to, I did some research, and what I connected that to was Matthew 7, 13 and 14. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. Just like a narrow staircase from earth to heaven. 
you can only enter heaven through a narrow gate, a narrow staircase. You see, the highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. There's only one way from earth to heaven, and that's through the Son, Jesus Christ. We must know him in order to know the Father. There's only one way. We can't be good enough. We can't earn it. We can't buy it. There's one way, one staircase, one narrow road. And I love that this dream and the scripture, they don't contradict. See how they complement they don't contradict each other, so we know that this is a word from God. And I pointed out the staircase because it is unusual. When we ask God to speak to us, it's, it's a, a wonderful thing to invite him in to speak to us through the unusual, that we would expect the unusual, that we would anticipate the unusual. How can we take the sovereignty and grandness of God and then say to him, you can only speak to me through this one avenue, right? Like that just seems silly. And yet it's something I've done for a long time. And I'm just like busting down those walls. Like, God, speak to me however you choose to speak to me. Let me have eyes to see it. Let me have an expectancy for the unusual. And the last one is to create kingdom identity. And I believe that as we get to know God more, he becomes our identity. And I need to know the solid foundation of my identity. And then I will know when God is speaking. Because when a word comes, I'll know right away if that was a scripture or if that wasn't. And it'll get easier to cut through as I pursue a kingdom identity. These promises are true. These promises that God spoke over Jacob when he said that I am with you and I will watch over you everywhere that you go and I will bring you back to this land and I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised to do for you. This is a promise for you as well. This is a rhema word that God goes before us and after us that he's speaking to us, that he's never going to leave us, that he wants to be a part of what we're doing today. And if you're watching online, I would just love for you to write in the chat one word that you think is your identity in Christ. Just write something in there, and I can't wait to hear some of those words. You know, at the beginning, I was sharing that I know that God is still speaking to us and that he hasn't stopped he actually hasn't stopped speaking to us. And he's creative and dynamic and unchanging. And he never does the same thing the same way twice. Did I say that right? You know, like we think he's going to zig and he zags. We think he's going to go this way and he goes that way. We think he's going to speak to us this way and he speaks to us that way. It may seem odd to us that God is still speaking through visions and dreams but it's not odd to him. He is not boxed in our expectation of how he's going to communicate with us. And I believe that he speaks through the joy and the laughter of a toddler playing peekaboo with their mom. 
that he speaks through a teenage girl snuggled up with her dad watching a show about fishing or mysteries, that he speaks through a friend dropping off dinner. How God speaks to us shouldn't be limited by our definition of communication, but his. A heavenly perspective, heavenly communication. You see, we don't need to be the same. See, what happened to Jacob is that he was tricky. He was messy. There was a lot of family dysfunction going on between him and his brother. But then he encountered God, and Jacob was different. And I am promising you, I have encountered God, and I am different. I am different than the girl five years ago or 25 years ago. I am different because I have encountered God. So am I going to shut down some avenue, some way that God wants to communicate and speak to me? No. I want every light-filled word that he would possibly give it to me however he wants. You see, it's our inheritance to dream dreams, to have visions. And it says in Acts 2.17, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Church, I am speaking that over you right now. Here, online, I am speaking that over you. This is part of your inheritance. God wants right now that you don't have to wait to get to heaven to receive this gift, but right now that he would speak to you in a unique and powerful way. And so I want you to say, I accept that. To say, I accept that. If you want that, you want God to speak to you, be like, dang, I accept that. I accept that. That's right. It starts now, Pastor Greg. It starts right now. We don't have to look back. We don't have to listen to the enemy who's prowling around. We don't have to live in the dark. We can live in the light. We can live in the truth. And this is the truth. You see, for me, I have a lot of, of visions. I, I, I just see a lot of stuff. And um, I know that they are messages from God. And it doesn't make me more special or, I mean, it's, I'm different. But yeah, I'm different. But, but the reason that God gives them is that they are meant to be an encouragement for somebody else right? He might give you a word. He might give you a scripture, right? He might give you a dream. He might just be like, that gift right there, that thing that you have, that coffee mug, that's supposed to be for that friend over there. Like, he just wants us to be encouraging one another. And last Sunday when we were in worship, I just had this incredible picture. You know, our worship time with the music was just so beautiful, and I could see these like waves of light. And I often see a lot of light. And it was like waves of light that were just going up as you were worshiping God. And I could just see this around our city. These waves going up to heaven and up to heaven, up to the throne room. And then I could see these angels. And it's really weird because I don't see a tons of angels with feathery wings. But this last two weeks, I have had so many encounters with angels with feathery wings. I don't know what's going on. 
But these angels were up there, and they were, their wings were like almost taking our praise and pushing it up to get to the throne room. It was like the last little jump, the last little jolt that it needed to get to the foot of God in the throne room. And as these angels were doing this, they were rubbing their feathers against each other, and there were feathers falling all over in the sanctuary. God's presence was just pouring out over you last Sunday. And then I saw angels moving around in the sanctuary and they hovered over three different people and they just stayed there. And I just felt like God was saying, I am here. Whatever struggle this person is going through right now, I am ministering to them. I'm intentionally just hovering over them, just ministering to them. And so I could have kept that. I could have went home and thought, that was fantastic. That was fun. But I didn't. I went to those people to encourage them. And the one said, you have no idea the struggle that I'm in right now. I feel like it's a pressure point of stress and everything is just coming in. And I just needed to know that God was with me. And here, God is with him. You know, it inspires us in faith, that we can keep going, that we can keep moving forward, that we can keep pressing into God because he doesn't leave us or forsake us, that he is with us. So I just want to encourage you. If you have visions and dreams and words, let's share that with one another. Let's bless each other in that because God's purpose is that there's a message. There is something he wants to say, so don't hold back the word of God. Release that. Let that out. Let someone be blessed and encouraged. I want to ask if you would stand with me. We're going to just respond this morning. And if you have never asked Jesus into your heart, and this is intriguing, I just want you right now to just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me, God, for the mistakes that I have made. And Jesus Christ, come and wash away my sin. Make me clean before you. I repent of my mistakes. And just invite Jesus into your heart. And if you've done that online, I'd love for you just to click the button because we would we'd love for you to put in the chat or respond. Let us know. If today for the first time you have made a decision for Christ. And if you are here in this room, just close your eyes and just receive God's graciousness, his forgiveness. Invite him in. Welcome him in. God, I anticipate what you're going to say to me. I sit in expectation of what you're going to say, Lord God. I just can't wait for you to speak to me. God, you're so good and so tender. And church, I want you, if you would, just put your hands out if you would like to receive. And I just, I just pray anointing and blessing over every one of you. That gifts would be released today gifts that you didn't even know were there, that God would speak to you in miraculous new ways, that your eyes would be opened. Yes, Jesus, come and speak to me. I accept. I accept. I want to. I welcome you in. I welcome you into this space.
And I hope that if you're at home, your arms are open as well. God wants to speak to you. Yes. Come and have your way in our hearts, Jesus. Transform us, God. Rock our worlds. Break our hearts. Transform us. Renew us. Sanctify us. Make us righteous in your glorious name, Jesus Christ. All for the glory of you that your kingdom would be known on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.